I think this is on, yes it is. So welcome everybody, are you getting excited? Yeah. I am really getting excited um, for all of those who have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and for us who have, because it's a continuous renewing that we do um, like daily, asking the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. So I wanted to start off with a reading from John chapter 17, the prayer of Jesus. When Jesus had said this, he raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Give glory to your Son, so that your Son may glorify you, just as you have gave him authority over all people, so that he may give eternal life to all of you, all you gave to him. Now this eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. I glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. Now glorify me, Father, with you, with the glory that I had with you before the world began. I revealed your name to those whom you gave me out of the world. They belonged to you, and you gave them to me. They have kept your word. Now they know that everything you gave me is from you, because the words you gave me to, you gave to me, I have given to them, and they accepted them and truly understood that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for the ones you have given me, because they are yours. And everything of mine is yours, and everything of yours is mine. And I have been glorified in them. And now I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world while I am, I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one just as we are. When I was with them, I protected them in your name that you gave me, and I guarded them, and none of them was lost except the son of destruction in order that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. I speak this in the world so that they may share my joy completely. I gave them your word and the wor world hated them because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in, in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world. And I consecrate myself for them so that they also may be consecrated in truth. I pray not only for them, but also for those who believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you loved them even as you loved me. Father, they are your gift to me. I wish that where I am, they also may be with me, that they may see my glory that you gave me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world also does not know you, but I know you, 
and they that you sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will make it known that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. And the reason that I read that scripture is because no one here is here by mistake. Jesus has called us, called you, called me, called all of us here. He's chosen us, and he opens, you know, he gives himself to to all of his children. Few accept, few come to him, but you're here, and he's bringing you to him. And so here we are now preparing for this, for this great outpouring. So he said in John 4, um, here we are, John 14, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always, the Spirit of Truth. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, that the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. So we are not here alone. When he left, he, he has sent the Holy Spirit that, um, to, ask, to ask for help in our daily lives. And this is something that I did not, I did not know um, for much of my younger years. And even, um, I, I, only knew, I only seemed to know who Jesus was. I didn't know who the Father was. I didn't know who the Holy Spirit was. And I didn't know... I mean, I had heard of the Trinity, but as, as life goes on, he reveals himself more and more to us. So now, in, in receiving the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, try to envision out here on the lake, and the, there's, you know, all the boats have been out lately, there's sailboats on the lake, but there's no breeze blowing. The boats are just sitting quietly on the water. And now all of a sudden, a big, beautiful breeze like today picks up, and we would be the, like the, sail, the sails on the boat, and the breeze is the Holy Spirit, and it starts to move and push and, and um, just move everything along at a, at a um, fast pace. Well, that's the, the Holy Spirit, like, like Joe said, we've received in baptism, we've received the Holy Spirit in confirmation, some of us, but um, the Holy Spirit can sit quiet if we don't, keep calling upon the Holy Spirit to move in our lives, and this is what we're doing now, is asking him to come. He wants us to, um, he wants us to come alive in our relationship with Jesus. When I first started coming to some of the prayer meetings, um, I saw people praising and worship in the tongues and all, and um, I, I, I might even have been baptized in the Holy Spirit at that time, but still, I was all conscious of everybody around me and um, everything that was going on. And, and well, I can't praise loud or lift my hands up. And, and the Holy Spirit, you know, he keeps working. So he, he doesn't want us to be in fear. He'll take that fear from us. The Lord didn't, didn't give us a spirit of fear. So some of the things, the greatest gift of the Holy Spirit that we get is the Holy Spirit himself with all the gifts that he has and then, you know, and he will bring about certain gifts um, uh, that he's given us according to what he has, what the Lord has for each one to do in their, li in, in their lives. But, you know, the, I think one of the main things about that is, like, is surrendering. We have to get to the point where we surrender ourselves, or surrender our decision-making, surrender everything of ourselves to Jesus, 
and then trust that he's going to move. Um, like one of the one of the bishops was saying on the on the day the night he was being prayed over for the gift of tongues, which the gift of tongues is the holy when the Holy Spirit speaks through us directly to God, and we are speaking in a different language that we don't even understand ourselves. But you know, a lot of people are. Um, uh, that's like kind of the first thing that we ask for is the gift of the holy is, is the gift of tongues, and the bishop said that he came and he was baptized and, and, and nothing happened and he didn't receive he said he didn't receive the gift of tongues and so several times he 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 came and he and then he said to the Lord, "Well, I'm ready, Lord. I'm just waiting for you here to zap me." Go ahead and zap me. Give me the gift of tongues. And the Lord said to him, well, I'm waiting on you. And he said, waiting on me for what? And he said, what do you mean waiting on me? And he said, I'm waiting for you to surrender your tongue to me. Give it to me and let everything flow that comes out. And he said, okay, I'll do that. I'll do that back in my room when I get back to, to, my, um, to my room tonight. And he said, oh, no, no. He said, are you afraid to become a fool for me? And um, he said, yes. And he, he told him, he said, I want you to speak out now. Just start babbling and let whatever comes out, come out. And um, so when he surrendered himself to the Lord in his tongue, his, you know, and asking for the gift of tongues, he received then, he said, just, he said, it just sounded like babble coming out of him. And he said, then he could realize that, um, he could feel the gift of prayer coming through that, and he knew that he had received this, this gift. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit here, and Deacon John Keto and some others prayed over me, and I remember him saying to me, um, just when we start praying, just open your mouth and let whatever comes out, let it come out. So I, I did, and... Um, I just started praying, and all of a sudden, this love that I have never felt in my entire life just poured into me. I was just like this love was just flowing and flowing through me that I just felt like I was going to burst. It was three days later, and I was still feeling like I wasn't walking on my feet from that. It was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And um, that doesn't come from... You know, if somebody ever asks me, how do you know Jesus is real? How do you know he's real? And I say, because, I've, because I know I've experienced him in, in so many different ways, you know, and, and that was one. I, I remember going home, and, and it must have been around Christmas time, and I got Christmas cards for all of my enemies that I had ever had. <laughs> I wrote Christmas cards and sent the Christmas cards out to him, and I told my dad that, and he's like, what? And he, he was, I don't, I don't know if he had, if he, he had to have been baptized in the Holy Spirit because he's the one who brought me in with, with all of the other ones. But, um, yeah, so not, that is not something that I would have just done unless um, I was filled with the love of God. And, and he almost had to control me because I would be walking down the street wanting to go up and hug everybody and tell them how much I loved them. So that was a quick, great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, so after time, that that um, presence that I felt so strong, it calms down. And so we keep asking the Holy Spirit, like on a daily basis to come into us. And so we grow throughout our lives from this. Now, um, 
there was a, another man that was talking about um, how the Lord wants us to evangelize for him once, you know, this is, he's helping us to grow and, and he needs us to be his hands and feet down here with all the things that are going on all around us to, to, to um, bring him to other people. And this man was a college student and he had recently been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this is another way that the Spirit works. He was outside of an abortion clinic and um, he said they have like 30 seconds to talk to these women before they go in the door. And he said this, this young lady went by and she had long red hair and um, he said, he didn't know what to say. He was just stumped. And he said, Holy Spirit, what do I do? What do I say? And he said, the Holy Spirit said, say hair bows. So he just yelled out to her, hair bows. And then he said, I was sitting there and I'm like, you idiot. What are you doing saying hair bows to this lady when she's going in here for this? And the girl turned around and she said, what, what did you say? And he said, I said hair bows. He said, I was just thinking if you had a little girl and she had long red hair, just think of what fun you would have with her. You could go and get her all kinds of different color hair bows and do her hair up. And, and she, he said, the girl just stood there and cried. And she said, my dad died about four years ago. And she said, he was the worst father that anybody could ever have. He never, she, and she said, I've been asking him for months, what should I do? And everybody told me, go get an abortion. Everybody I talked to said, go get an abortion. They'll take care of your problem. And she said, the only compliment that my dad ever gave me was on my long red hair. And she walked away from the abortion because the Holy Spirit moved him to speak those words, you know, and he, he the Holy Spirit, it's just incredible the, the, the ways that he will work and, and it's different for each person in their lives, you know, what he does. But, you know, he give, he'll give us the gift of counsel, which helps us in our decision-making in our lives so that we start, so that me would start making good decisions on things, you know, that were going on in my life. There's so many different ways that he works. Um, so let's see here now. And also the bishop said that when we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, he said, we have all of the gifts. He said, it's not possible to have the Holy Spirit and not have his gifts. So we will have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but um, different ones are brought out, like I said, according to um, what, what the Lord wants to do in our lives. So, um, and oh, and one other thing is that if we are living a life that is, contradictory to what the Lord asks us in his word. If we've got things that are holding us back from him, you know, lifestyles or whatever that are holding us back, in order for him to be able to move in our life, we have to get rid of all that. So through confession or whichever, you know, how, how, how you do this in, another, in the other churches, I'm not sure, but we have the, the sacrament of reconciliation here. So um, that's something that, um, that, is really important so that he's able to um, to move in the way that he wants in your life, or you're, that you're really surrendering. You're surrendering everything over to him so that he can move. But yeah, he takes away fear. Um, 
you know, I'm a person who would not be up here saying anything um, all the way through school or whatever. I was I'm not anybody that would go up in front of people and say anything. But now, um, yeah, they have a hard time keeping me quiet when it comes to <laughs> speaking about the Lord, even on Facebook or whatever. And so the Holy Spirit, you know, is, is really there and, and moving. I, I sat outside for a while and just listened to the, the be beauty of everything today in the wind. And it was like the Holy Spirit was speaking really gently. You can hear, you know, through, through nature and everything around us, it can bring us into a, night, a, a quiet time with the Lord and, and hearing what the Holy Spirit wants for us. So I'm excited and, um, and everybody's waiting to receive these gifts and I'm just waiting to see what the Holy Spirit does with all of us and joining us all together too because we join together our groups all you know one of the best things is having each other brothers and sisters in the Lord to call upon and we're always calling upon each other for help and prayer um, and so that is another gift that comes to us when we're all walking with him does anybody have any questions back so uh, my testimony is kind of tied in with the with the life in the spirit I remember when I went through my uh, went through it myself that was like a pivotal point in my in my walk with God but uh, I come from a small Catholic family my parents are over there Stuart and Michelle and uh, I remember, like, I, for a while I used to th didn't think that we were that religious growing up, but then I was just, like, thinking about what I was going to say here tonight, and I remember my friends always being like, you have the religious parents. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we would go to Mass and say the occasional rosary, and I didn't think much of that until I was just thinking about it earlier, and all the rosaries that I'm saying now are because of those, you know, few rosaries that I, I said at home back then. And, uh, I mean, that's a big thing. So, you know, even if there's been times in your life where you haven't been the strongest uh, practicers in your faith, those things that you're doing, I, you know, are foundational. And those, you know, those small things laid the roots for me. Even though at the time I didn't think much of them, and, you know, growing up, church was like an obligational thing, and I never wanted to go. But... I always somewhere knew that God was real, even though I didn't have any understanding and I didn't know Jesus personally, but I knew stuff about him. And so I thought that, you know, I had it all figured out and I knew my faith. And, um, you know, I got to a point when I was 18 and I just decided that, you know, I was going to do my own exploring of what faith meant and God meant and, uh, you know, find the real truth. So I kind of slowly stopped going to Mass. And I remember I had a girlfriend. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, those first childhood boyfriends or girlfriends you get, it's the first time that you experience some type of love from outside of your family. And that's a big thing because 
You know, we take the love from our family for granted because it's there all the time. So when we experience this new love from somebody who doesn't have to love us, uh, we start, we feel value. Even though we've always had value, we now feel like we have value because of that, because someone loves us and they don't have to love us. So I remember that, that, that girlfriend that I had, I just became really attached to, and I really identified with, with my worth, with, with her loving me. And, uh, you know, it was a relationship that started out good. We started dating when we were fairly young. But then as we both got older and both drifted away from our faith, we both, you know, went in the wrong direction and didn't have God at all in our lives. And it's like anything else, without God it fell apart. But having that exterior love like ripped away from me was, you know, it crushes you because now that love that you identified your worth with is gone and there's a big hole there. So like anybody does, I try to fill that void, that hole, that wound, and I put anything in it that I could, you know, drugs, parties, whatever. And I, and I just drifted down a path with no destination, really, just trying to figure out life, but pretty much doing it with my eyes closed. And I just remember... I can remember little things now how God was, was never going to let go. He wasn't, he wasn't going to let me go too far. He was always going to throw a life preserver for me. And it always looks different, and it always usually seemed bad at the time. So I remember, you know, in my early 20s, I had developed a pretty, pretty heavy drug addiction, and there was no way I could stop on my own. I thought, you know, I couldn't even see that it was a problem. I was so blind to it. And I was just trying to fill that hole still. And then <clears throat> one day, God threw me that life preserver. I got pulled over and arrested. Oh, and it felt so bad. I was like, oh my goodness, life is going to be over. <laughs> and, uh, I remember the police officer was patting me down and I had a crucifix in my pocket and he pulled it out and as he pulled it out I was looking at it and I could just feel the Lord speaking to my heart at that moment where it's like the, maybe the first time that I actually felt him speaking to me but I, I could hear him just say trust me and I remember going into jail that it wasn't so bad it didn't seem so bleak I can remember people being like how are you so happy in here but I can see that it was just, you know, God was setting me free because uh, I couldn't do it myself. I couldn't remove myself from those situations. So he removed me the most gentle way possible by separating me from them. And I could start to hear God's voice a little bit, little by little. I started to read scripture in jail and that's when I started to really realize that th that r religion, our faith, what we're doing, it's, it's really a relationship. It's, it's not just knowing facts about Jesus or the church or anything. It's about actually having a real relationship 
with the real Jesus. And so this relationship started very slowly. And he brought me here to Lance and separate, or surrounded, me around, uh, surrounded me with wonderful people who were stronger in their faith and, and deeper rooted in their faith. But I was still in the neutral zone. I was still on the fence. I didn't, I didn't really know where I was going with all of this. I just, just was kind of uh, growing slowly. But then I remember the prayer group started up and I started attending that and kind of dipping my toe in the water. Uh, and then we had a Life in the Spirit seminar. And I decided to go and I attended all the weeks of it. And I remember at the day of the baptism, when I got prayed over, I could really just feel God's love filling me. And I could feel that something was different at that moment. I could just feel the desire for God. Instead of the desire to, for anything else, I, I, I decided to build a desire to fill that hole with the Lord. But it's been a growing process since then. There's been a lot of different things that I've had to go through, and I realize at the end of each thing that it's preparing me for the place that I'm supposed to be at, the place that I'm at now, or the place that I'm going to be. It was, you know, after the baptism, I started to really see that there's meaning in everything, every single thing that we do, everything that happens around us, every interaction and instance in our lives and every trial. And when you start to realize that there's meaning in all of that, suffering starts to become bearable because you realize it's not just pointless suffering that you're going through, but it's, it's for a purpose. That you can unite it to Jesus, and it's also going to help you grow closer to him through that suffering. It's, you know, it's interesting now, because the way I look at life is very different from when I was younger, but it's happening in small steps at, uh, at a time, one inch just kind of crawling forward, and that's how it happens with all of us. But it's, you know, it's exciting because after that baptism, I started to realize, you know, I didn't have to hold on so tightly to everything. I could let go of control and just let the Holy Spirit lead, and that takes time to learn how to do. <laughs> and it was usually very sloppy at first, but You know, there's a transformation that takes place, that's stirring up, and it's really a, it's a, it's a beautiful transformation, and it builds that, that hunger in your heart for God. You have to learn surrender through it all. That's, that's the biggest thing. Surrender and trust. Even tonight, it was a challenge to get here. I was working, and I was working up until pretty much 7 o'clock, and I was just like, oh, I can't do this. And then... I just said, okay, Lord, if you want me there, I'll be there. And if you don't want me there, then I guess I'll be here. And I just kind of let go of whatever I wanted or whatever I was expecting. And once I let go, I felt freedom. I felt space. I didn't feel so buried down by my own worries. And, and that's how it's been through every single thing in my life. You know, I've, it's always 
so painful because I cling to an idea that I want or a plan that I want or something. I'm clinging to something. And the moment that I just let go and I give God room to work, and then he does. And then all that weight and that anxiety and that fear and everything just it goes away. It's still a process, you know, for me to to learn how to do this, to learn how to be uh, docile to the spirit, uh, to learn how to let him lead. But it's exciting, and I, you know, as hard as life can be when we have Jesus, imagine how hard it is for the people that don't. You know, the people that don't know that they can go to him and that don't know that he can heal their wounds. So we really have something to be truly thankful for and it is just a blessing to be called deeper into our faith you know through this seminar that that we always think that we're reaching out to god but he's reaching out to us calling us deeper and uh thank you lord for for always giving us that invitation that's all i got thank you